There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Welcome to the family on the Tom Bernard Podcast with... Andy Rampernard. So apparently it's only the men in the family that are working today. Is that the plan? Uh, apparently. Apparently that's true. It's absolutely true. Well, here's the deal. Uh, Alex is out of town and Catherine is helping. Today's the day they have to clear out Don's apartment over at his retirement home. So uh, they have good reason to not be here. But Ralph, that's stiff. He's in surgery. Yeah, what, brain surgery for himself? He's probably doing it on himself, yes. Probably true. It's all true. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean. Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there, in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know? And that's exactly my question is you have to understand who has the best your best interest in mind correct well you want to know what your rights are you know whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not that's a choice it's a free consultation and you want to understand what your all your rights are and what coverages you have and plus the fact i hang out with you so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if i'm hanging out with you uh, maybe <laughs> uh, okay ladies and gentlemen michael bryant bradshaw and bryant Doug, how are things going at Burnsville and Coon Rapids Nissan? Well, we're in first and second place for the year in Minnesota. That's pretty impressive. What do you think the secret is? Well, clearly people like overpaid morning DJs that can't throw a first pitch over the plate. That hurt my feelings on so many levels. Sorry. Some people actually like these goofy ads, but there's a lot more to it. I think people really like the one-price upfront approach. They know they are being treated fairly. Yep. The free 10-year, 150,000-mile powertrain warranty doesn't hurt either. So what's going on this month? Well, inventory's finally getting better. We've got 75 Rogues and 25 Pathfinders available for delivery this month, and Nissan just came out with 1.9% for 36 months for people with good credit. The way interest rates are climbing these days, that's pretty darn good, Dougie. With all those Rogues and Pathfinders, free powertrain warranty, and low interest rate financing, no wonder Burnsville and Coon Rapids are setting records. We're like the Aaron Judge and Roger Maris of Nissan's. No, no, you're not. 
In any case, we do have Timmy Lammers coming up in about 15 minutes. We have Kristen Burt coming up at 11.30. So great people to be on anyway. So we're, we're covered. We're good to go. And then, of course, we're handed brilliant headlines like this one. White teacher in Texas fired after telling students his race is the superior one. What year is it? Well, that's not quite what happened. Oh, it's not what happened? Really? Because that's what CNN says happened. Well, of course, it's what CNN says what happened. A middle school teacher in Pflugerville, Tennessee, uh, Texas, excuse me, Pflugerville, Texas, has been fired. District officials said Monday after video was posted to social media showing the white teacher tell his students his race is the superior one. Last Friday, November 11th, Pflugerville ISD officials were made aware of an inappropriate conversation a teacher at Bowles Middle School had with students during an advisory class. Pflugerville Independent School District uh, Superintendent Dr. Douglas Killian uh, wrote in a statement, as of Monday morning, November 14th, the teacher in question is no longer employed by Pflugerville ISD, and we are actively looking for a replacement. Um, so, okay, you say that's, that's not exactly what happened. It's interesting that they didn't quote him. They just uh, paraphrased him. What he said is that everyone thinks that their race is superior, himself included. So he believes he got fired for that. He believes that his race is superior, but black people believe that black people are superior and Asians believe that Asians are superior and so forth. Oh, that's how he stated it? Uh, More or less. He just said that everyone thinks that their race is the best. And they should. They should be proud of their race, proud of themselves, right? I mean, especially, like, looking at the world right now, it's difficult to argue that. Um, In one video, the teacher can be seen saying to his multiracial class, deep down in my heart, I'm ethnocentric, which means I think my race is the superior one, as students audibly react both on and off camera. A student off camera asks, so white is better than all? The teacher replies, let me finish. I think everybody thinks that. They're they're just not honest about it. There you go. After some discussion in the video, a student asks, you said you were a racist, right? I did, yeah. I'm trying to be honest, the teacher replies. It is unclear what his, uh, was discussed before and after the recording of the videos. CNN has not identified the person or people who filmed the video circulating online and has not obtained the videos. CNN has obtained an audio recording of a portion of the conversation from a parent who said their child is shown in the videos. In the audio, a student asks the teacher to repeat himself. The teacher says, I said I am a racist. That's what I said. Do you know what that means? Students' responses overlap, and the teacher continues. It means that deep down in my heart, I think my race is the superior race. That's what it means to be a racist. He's not wrong. Yeah, I suppose that to most people. I still don't understand why he would do that, though. Why, why would you do that? Great question. I don't understand why he did that. Isn't it a better way to go around it this way? Hey, we're all in this together. I mean, a better way would just not be to talk about it. Well, that's very, very true. I don't know why I'd want to even talk about that whole deal. I don't ca- You know what's amazing about that, Andy, is I don't care about superiority and all that. I couldn't care less. Well, you're one of the few, so... Do you think everybody still is just locked in on this men are better than women, women are better than men, black is better than white, white's better than black? I mean, are people still locked into that? Yep. Why? That's easy. It's an easy shortcut to life. You know, suppose, if I'm yeah. the protagonist of life, then I'm the best. So the more similar someone is to me, the better they are. I just don't really understand. Like, you know, I love your mom and you and Alex and the grandkids and I'm good to go. I... Uh, 
you know, what the KQ Morning Show was the first morning show in the country to to have not one but two black two black men on the show, an Asian woman, a Spanish woman. We had the first transgender traffic reporter. We did all those things. And by the way, nobody cared. All these people that so so d- deeply care now didn't care at all back then. It wasn't profitable back then. Yeah, see, it wasn't profitable. That's exactly right. So I mean. We did all these things, and it wasn't to make a point either. I hired people who were my friends, okay, and they just happened to be, mm-hmm. like I said, JB and Philip, the Philly dog. You know, Michelle Tafoya became a friend. Uh, you know, you go down the list of people. As we've said before, Cliff Siegel became Lauren Siegel. He became a woman. Cliff, I still love Cliff to this day. He's a very dear friend, or she at this point is a very dear friend. See, I keep forgetting that. That's the part I keep forgetting because I knew him for 40 years yeah, yeah, as a man. 40 years is a long time. Yeah. So I'm not trying to say he's still a man or anything like that. I'm just saying I was so used to him being a man that I have to remind myself that, no, he's not a man any longer. Mm-hmm. You know, and which, by the way, I'm human, so you get to do things like that. I just don't like this whole idea that, that people are making money off of skin color again. That drives me nuts. I just don't get why do they need to do these things, Andy? Because they're making money. Because you it's all it. about the money. It's why does it have to be all about the money? Because everything's about power. It is. It's really, really too bad. I, I just don't understand why it's so necessary. I just and Andy, I'll say it again, growing up in North Minneapolis, which was a Catholic, black and Jewish neighborhood all along Plymouth Avenue. I don't remember fist fights breaking out or people arguing all the time and people just couldn't get along and it was all horrible. It wasn't like that at all. And that was a very poor neighborhood in most of it. Uh, about a third of it, uh, they had some dough, but that was uh, you know on the, on the west end of town, um, you know, closer to Golden Valley than anything else. Mm-hmm. But I, I just, I, I don't, we have learned absolutely nothing from any of this all these decades and all these years. I don't know. I don't think... Humanity as a whole learns. They I just think don't they do just they? do. Yeah, you're right. Uh, also, big news as we go into Timmy Lammers in about five minutes. GOP turbulence ahead of Trump's expected announcement. <laughs> do you think he's ever going to wise up to the fact? It's like, Donald, they don't want you to run. I know you got a lot of supporters. I, I've said before, I had lunch uh, with him when he was the president of the United States, and he's not like that in person at all. This is an absolute act. And I don't know why he has to put on an act. I don't get it. He, he can't shut up. I mean, don't you think that's his major problem is he just can't shut up? Well, yeah, I mean, he's a celebrity. That's, well, that's They make true. a living off of uh, just constantly being in the spotlight. Making outrageous statements, all that good mm-hmm. stuff. Washington Republicans are in an uproar hours ahead of Donald Trump's expected launch of a new presidential run. Exacerbated by the party's protracted wait for the White House majority, it will use to try to weaken President Joe Biden. See, once again, you know by not even looking up that that was written on CNN's yep. website. And I look up and going there to it is. Weaken Joe Biden. Weaken It's not President. about furthering their own goals. It's about making your goals weaker. Why? You're the good guy and they're the bad guy. See, I'm sorry, whether it's Fox, CNN, MSNBC, all of them, I don't have any time for any of them anymore. The arrogance on most of them is unbelievable, first of all. Mm -hmm. You report the news. What do you have to be arrogant about? Because people know who you are. Ooh. Well, they used to. Yeah, that's true. I bet bet if you asked anyone under the age of 40 to name a CNN anchor, 80% of them couldn't. I can't. Oh, wait a minute. Is it that... 
Don Lemon guy? Is that the guy in the I, morning? Though? If he didn't he quit or something? Oh, though? did he? See, I, I don't, don't know. know. I have no he's idea. He's the only one I could name, and that's only because he's a demon brought to this earth. Well, there you go. Let's see, Don Lemon. No, he is on CNN still. Oh, he's on. Oh, he's on the morning show now. I think. Uh, CNN tonight. Okay. Oh, really? Oh, and also CNN this morning? Yeah, he does his morning show now, I think. I don't know. <clears throat> but I thought he quit, or he was going to quit, maybe? I think that's what it was, so maybe that's why they gave him the job and all the rest of it. But Oh, no, he stopped doing his sh- show, the Don Lemon show, and now he's doing now he's doing CNN this morning as of last month. Oh, okay. So I thought he was quitting, but he was just switching from one show to another, yeah. I heard he's not a very pleasant person. No, he's an awful, awful person. That's what I've heard is he's a terrible person. So let's give him an even bigger job. Mm -hmm. And then the one guy I know over at Fox, um, Pete Hegseth, because he's from Minnesota. It's not like we're friends or anything, but I do know him. Um, matter of fact, all he ever does when he talks to me is, I could never listen to your show because my mom and dad wouldn't let me. I'm like, okay, whatever. Good to know. Good for you. Always time to catch up. But, you know, and I, I was reading this story, and I had no idea that it was on CNN, but there it is, the House majority it will use to weaken President Joe Biden. It's like, Jesus, do you have to stir the pot? But, again, Andy, you've pointed it out, that is how they make their money, isn't mm-hmm. it? Mm-hmm. So do you think Trump is really going to run? Yeah. When's he going to learn? It's like, Donald, I know you got a lot of followers, and I'm not saying that you shouldn't follow the guy, but I I just, Donald, well, there are two things. You know, they talked about this big red wave was coming, and it never happened, and blah, blah, blah. And they, you know, said it was because they were aligned with Trump and all the rest of it. Well, also, promising people to pay off their college debt drew a few people in to vote for that. That was all a scam was a scam to get them to vote for them. Yes, it was. Uh, Wouldn't it take three days after midterm for them to say, oh, just kidding, we can't? Yeah, that's exactly right. So now all of a sudden they can't do it. Yep. So it just, I really wish they would stop this behavior. It would be so nice if we just did it on the up and up. Well, nothing's on the up and up anymore, is it? And look, I don't have anything against Democrats or Republicans. or I'm I'm not any of them. But I don't have anything against them. I just, I don't like all the behind the scenes that, under under the table mm-hmm. crap that goes on. What do you think of that? I mean, personally, I would be considered an anti-federalist. Oh, you are? Yeah. You're an anti-federalist? Mm-hmm. What makes you an anti-federalist? I don't like the federal government. <laughs> well, who does? Or the state government, for that matter. State governments, I think, are okay for the most part. But, Andy, we've got $10 billion in the bank, and they haven't even thought about sending it back to the people well, who paid it in. our state government is good. I think <laughs> I mean, most oh, state governments go. are good. I, they should, you know, to, and to send somebody a check for a thou or whatever it is, that uh, I don't know. I don't agree with that at all. I don't get it. So that would be about one-third of it. If you sent everybody in the state a check for 1000 bucks, that would be one-third of that money. Uh, yeah, probably. Is that correct? Well, how many people are in Minnesota? Wait a minute. Is Minnesota, what's the population of Minnesota now? Somebody told me it's like 5 million now. Let's see here. Jesus. It is 5.7. 5.7 million? Yeah. Holy Hannah. It's been so I guess growing be, pretty quick recently. So would it actually be about 57% of it? It would not be a third. It would be 57% of the money. But still, 1000 bucks. Yeah. Why don't you give everybody 1500 bucks and spend it all? You don't need it. Yeah, well, 1500 bucks doesn't go very far. 
No, it does not. Yeah, I so suppose that is true. I suppose you're right about that. But um, I don't know. I just I, when I was a kid, I always asked these questions because my mother was an ardent Democrat, and she wasn't a nut job about I hate you if you're a Republican. She wasn't like that at all. But she was an ardent Democrat herself. Loved the Democratic Party, so that's how I grew up. But even when I was a little boy, I used to sit and think. Why are people so locked into this? Why do they buy into everything these politicians say? Even when I was a little kid, I didn't think that was a wise decision. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Is it, is it an important to people to be part of a club? Is that what it is? Yep. I suppose. I suppose that's what it's all about is that, hey, I'm in the right club now, so we're good to go. I don't want to be in your club, you know? Like I said, it's an easy way to live. You got you're surrounded by people who support every one of your ideas because you agree with them, they agree with you. Well, yeah, you just uh, you get their opinions and you repeat their opinions, and you don't have to think about it. Yeah, I guess I just very I, very easy. Really, really, really hope that at one of these points we can all just calm down. It's never going to be great, I know that, but I just wish the hatred would go away. It's just way over that. We had. Uh, Jack McClure on, on the uh, morning show this morning. You know, you know him. He's been on 30 Rock. The very, very, he's always in a very happy mood. Jack McClure. Wait, what? Who? Jack what? Jack, is it McClure? I think it is. Is it Jack McClure? I think. He was on. Jack McClure. T H A Y. Uh, or is it just Jack Thayer? Well, there's a Jack Thayer, but he died in 1949 on, not him. on the Titanic. It's not. He's the guy who's on Thirty Rock. Let's see. Thirty Rock. Yeah, and he's got a show. Jack Donahue. Nope. Tracy Morgan. Jack McBrayer. McBrayer. There There you go. McBrayer. That's what. I'm sorry. Oh yeah, I know him. Yeah, he's a really, really nice man. It's a McBrayer. Yes, Tom. I don't know what the hell. My brain's not working properly. But um, what a nice man! And he started a kids show for little little kids. Because he wanted to try to make kids happy and get them away from all this hate speech. Was it Puppy Dog Pals? Puppy Dog Pals. Because he's on that. <clears throat> no. That sounds like not. a show for little kids. It's, um, it's his name is in it. Something with Jack McBrayer. Sun, sunshine with Jack McBrayer. Something like that. hundred billion things. Oh, yeah. He's a very nice guy, too. Very, very pleasant. Just wants kids to be happy. Doesn't want kids to be, you know, because I'm sure little kids watch their mom and dad having a fit about all these political things. And it probably weighs, without even, you know, knowing or really knowing what's going on, it probably weighs heavy on them, don't you think? Yeah. Was it Hello, Jack, the Kindness Show? Yep, that's it. There we go. Hello, Jack, the Kindness Show. That's exactly mm-hmm. what it is. Yeah, he was on this morning. Just a really, really terrific man. And just, he wants people to be happy. That's a good thing, isn't it? Yeah, well, we'll see if he's successful. I guess you're right. So I was told, you know this guy, this was it, FTX? That's the... Yes. The FTX guy, you know about this guy? Uh-huh. So apparently his wife's a furry. Well, she's just like a complete freak. What is her deal? What is... Is he married to her? She's is a it just gross his... person. I don't think oh, they're is. married. Oh, you know, they're not married? His girlfriend? No. no, but she's like into all that. She's into S&M. She's in a poly... Polycule. What's that? Um, instead of monogamy, it's polygamy. Okay. So, yeah. Good for you. Yep, she's doing that whole thing. She's got a bunch of posts on there about how she's, like, attracted to men with a lot of power and the strength to carry you away and 
that sort of thing. Okay. She's, yeah, she's a messed up person. Did she get a gander of the guy she ended up with? That's a powerful guy, really? He he had a lot of money. That's a form of power. He did have a lot of money. Where'd that all go, do you think? Because somebody told me like up to $500 million is missing or something. You have a feeling I know where it went, but... In his pocket? Well, I mean, he fled to the Bahamas, right? Yes, he so, did. So, that's you true. Know, you tend to have a lot of money when you flee to the Bahamas. I suppose that's true. I don't know. Even if he just took $50 million with him, he's set for life over yeah, there. $50 million's pretty good. I still don't understand it, Andy. I, I try to understand what Bitcoin is all about. I just don't. There's nothing to back it up, and I understand that federal currency is the same way, mm. but at least there's organization there a little bit. And when I walk into a store, I can put down a fiver and buy something. Can you walk in with, well, Bitcoin's all priced, it was priced way too high anyway. You couldn't use it as currency, could you? It was fourth too much. It depends on if a business takes it or not. Oh, some businesses do, some don't. I would say 99% of them don't. But for a while there, I know like one of the first Bitcoin transactions ever was some guy bought a pizza with some. With, a, with Bitcoin? Mm-hmm. So it's up to the business. If they want to take Bitcoin, they can, but almost none of them do. Was that back a long time ago? That was in the very beginning, yeah. If you're fascinated by aliens, ghosts, cryptid creatures like Bigfoot, then I have the show for you. The Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. Each week, we investigate different claims of the supernatural, bringing you the top guests and experts from around the world. Listen on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Tune in, Pocket Casts, Deezer, Amazon Music, Audible, The Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. Tom here with my good friend, CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Michael, I was out in Maple Grove the other day, saw your new branch that's under construction. It's looking great. Thanks, Tommy. We're very excited to open our new Maple Grove branch in the Arbor Lakes area later this year. Well, the way I do math, that's the sixth North American Banking Company, and you only have five fingers. How'd you get to six? I used my computer. We better not ad-lib. All right, we won't ad-lib. Never mind. People will... Well, you're not that good at it. Oh, yes, that's true. You know, we have locations in Roseville, 50th in France, Hastings, Woodbury, and Shoreview. One thing I like about being a North American Banking Company customer is I can do a lot of my banking online or on your mobile app, but sometimes it helps to go in and talk to one of your friendly bankers in person. Everybody loves when you visit, Tommy. We hope to see you in Maple Grove soon. So why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. You all have helped build MyPillow into the incredible company it is today and have trusted in Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. Mike's latest incredible deal is on the Giza Dream Sheets, which you've heard me rave about before, that's for sure. These sheets are made from the world's best cotton, Giza. They are ultra soft and breathable, yet extremely durable. Right now, the Giza Dream Sheets at its lowest price ever. These sheets are 60% off, coming in as low as $39.99 with promo code TOM. I don't know. I just I don't understand how this... And again, well, I know Tim Lammers is an expert on Bitcoin. <laughs> Tim Lammers, you Bitcoin genius. You know what I'm an expert at? I'm an expert at staying away from Bitcoin. Yeah, there, you I'm and me both, Yeah, I'm not terribly interested. It's it way too volatile. Like funny money to me at the very yeah. beginning it's like okay this just exists in the ether somewhere and somehow somebody grabs it out of who knows where and uses it and and you're right andy i think unless 
a retailer says we accept Bitcoin. I mean, where the hell are you going to use it? Right. Yeah. You, you're, use you're, it. you're using it to buy something in, and the the person you're purchasing who's giving you the goods or whatever is probably hoping and praying that it's the value is going to hold. Well, which I it clearly hadn't. The analogy I use is baseball cards. So a baseball card is just ink on a rectangle of paper. It's inherently worthless. And yet, for some reason, some baseball cards are worth thousands and thousands of dollars. Yeah. That's and the true. reason they're worth that much is because other people say they are. Like if yeah, I well, if I really really want this specific baseball card and I'm willing to pay $1000 for it, then that baseball card is worth $1000. But at least you have something in your hands. Yeah, to that show is for it. it's kind of like art. I mean, art is art because somebody else says it is. Yeah, exactly. The right people. and But here, it's like, okay, I have this this website that tells me. It's, I know it's more complicated than this. But this website that tells me that I have blah, blah, blah units of Bitcoin. And that's it. I mean, it's really I mean, not that not... much more complicated, to be honest. If there's some yeah. server somewhere that has a number on it, and that is your number of Bitcoin. Nothing yeah, is I... preventing the owner of that server from just saying, no, it's all mine now. In fact, that's happened many times. These online yeah. Bitcoin wallets, they'll have people put their Bitcoin in it, and then they'll just be like, nope, mine now. Bye. Yeah. Yeah. I want to go back to I, when I came aboard, uh, you were talking about Jack McBrayer. Yes. Yes. Yep. Oh, you're right, Tom. He is a terrific guy. Nice I, uh, man. Nice he's man. He's on 30 Rock, which I've never seen. People say, what? But no, I've never seen 30 Rock. Uh, but I did interview him for uh, Wreck-It Ralph. Oh, I yeah, think right. The first Wreck-It right. Ralph movie, or maybe yep. the second one. I can't remember. But yeah, terrific guy. And uh, from what I'm gathering is this new program is, is really making kids feel good or whatever. Yep. It's positive, whatever. Yep. And then you also mentioned about it's funny you talked about how there are deals out there like um, for some odd reason, my daughter, oldest daughter, started watching Big Little Lies season two. Mm -hmm. uh, I think Catherine watches it. I don't know if you've watched it or not, but I it's a not, terrific, no. terrific show. And it, the season two has been out for a while, a few years, but we finally got around to it. And um, in one of the episodes, ironically, because you're talking about this, um, this kid is so full of anxiety because the teacher's talking about, you know, climate change and all this sort of stuff. And she's a second grader that's coming home thinking the world's going to end because oh, of all this God. anxiety. Yep. Now, yes, climate change is important to talk about. But to a second grader, no, it should be more about the Jack McBrayers. No, stuff. what the hell are they going to do about climate change right. for second graders? Except for instilling fear, the fear of God or whatever. Yep, that's into what it's them. about. And and uh, so it's it's funny when I I came in and listening, it's like wow, this this kind of sounds like the the uh, the anti of what Jack Brayer is trying to do, mm -hmm. Jack McBrayer, which is great. I mean, I'm glad that he's being positive. You need, but kids need that, you know. Yep. Um. So yeah, it, it is funny because it is real. I mean, this this sort of education is going on in our schools. And again, teach it fine, but teach it to the older kids. Don't, don't frighten younger children. No, Let I Let them agree. be kids. My God. Well, that's the exact point too. Let them be children, leave them alone. You know, and, and, you know, and Andy, obviously you, you being a new parent and Alex, you know, being a parent for a few years. I mean, 
you're about to ex experience what Tommy and I went through <laughs> when our kids were younger. <laughs> yep. And, uh, you know, fortunately, neither Tommy or I had to deal with that sort of stuff. I mean, I'm sure there were things that worried my kids. I mean, there's yeah. no question about it, but uh, no, no, no. It, the, 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 uh, the, the curriculum has definitely changed now. Uh, as far as yep. the serious things that are being taught in school. Well, I mean, when I was a to kid. To very young children, you know. When I was a kid, it was uh, acid rain and the hole in the oh, ozone yeah. layer. They went yeah. on and on about that when I was a kid. Really? Oh, yeah. Like how young? How young? Probably as young as, I don't know, fourth, fifth grade. Wow. Yeah, they were, the yeah. hole in the ozone layer was going to, you know, burn the hole in the earth and kill us all yep. because of uh, hairspray. And then the acid rain was before that. And they were, I don't remember what they said were ca was causing acid rain, but they were like, oh, you, you're not going to be able to go outside because the acid rain is going to melt your skin off and all the animals are going to get melted by the acid. Yeah. Which isn't even really ever what acid rain was about. It's not literally acid falling from the sky. It's slightly more acidic rain. But, of course, yeah. what I was taught was that, you know, it's going to melt the entire earth. Well, it sounds like an earlier form of climate change. Really. Yeah, it yeah. was. Sure does. It's all climate, all climate related. So why did so, the hole in the ozone seal up? Um, we stopped using CFCs, I think. So it, it actually did work then? Uh, I believe so. Because didn't it put right guard out of business? Because they weren't they in spray cans? Uh, yeah, a lot of those. Well, I mean, there are new propellants. I think CFC was a propellant. Yes, CFC is mm, a propellant. Yeah. And there are all sorts of other kinds of propellants that aren't CFCs. So I don't know why it would have been such a big deal for anyone to just switch. Is right guard still around? Let's see here. Right guard deodorant. I used to right, love right guard. It's probably the, the sticks. The, yeah, they're uh, around. Are they? And they've still got sprays. You can buy they it at Walmart. It's, isn't it sad that we go from, uh, is right guard still around because of the spray? Much in the way, is Kodak still around because of film? Well, no, Kodak is not around. <laughs> or the that. lack thereof. <laughs> you know, is Kodak, did they... Did they um, did they uh, morph into digital or are they, I don't know, man. Just think about how massive that business was. Oh, oh yeah. Huge. Every time we went on a vacation, we'd buy a bunch of those little uh, cameras that you had to yep. You had to turn the wheel every time you took a picture. To, oh, like, yeah. Switch over mm -hmm. to, and then you had to bring the camera over to a photo place, get your photos printed out. And, of course, the quality was horrible, but that was like, you know. That's how you uh, kept the memories back then. That was the only real way, unless you had a whole lot of money to buy something like a, a camera, like a, a video know, camera. Yeah, and and you know the other thing is, it's really funny. I mean, when you now it's kind of like you want to find pictures, you got to scramble around plugging in different memory sticks and all that kind of stuff. Whereas with the film. Oh, we just got the photo albums down in the basement, you know? Right. <laughs> that right. is true. So, I recently I recently basically went through all of my devices, put them all on in the same folder in a external hard drive, so I consolidated everything. Years and years worth of pictures. Yeah. You have to do that every so often because yeah, otherwise it's like you take all these pictures on your phone, but then you upgrade your phone and they're gone. Uh.
Yeah, I know. It's it's you got to be careful with them, really. Mm-hmm. You got to you got to really be or, an organized individual, which I'm not. Mm, well. But you know. <laughs> It takes him. Fortunately, my wife is very organized, but I'm not. So at least I have a backup, you know. So, hey, I want to shift it to uh, something I heard Tommy talking about yesterday. Uh, first of all, I'm glad that when I texted you on Sunday and said, "Hey, you gotta, you gotta see oh, yeah. Tulsa King," and I'm so glad that you already had seen it. I texted Mike Bryant. I think Mike, well, Mike liked it, and uh, oh, yeah, Sandy, yeah. I believe, saw it already too because he was saying, "What? There's only one a week." And the and the, the answer is yes. There is only one a week, um, so hopefully, what's today? Tuesday? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Before before Thursday morning, I actually do have the second episode, and I'll give a little preview because I'm sure I'm hoping that show holds up, man. Because yeah, I agree. What a terrific show that is. That you, you you mentioned it yesterday. It was that was made for Stallone. That role oh, yes. is perfect for him. It is. It definitely is. He, um, Sylvester, that comes out when? On on Friday night, Sun- Saturday? Or Sunday. Sunday. Sunday, Sundays. okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm not wild um, about that. Yeah, so, so yeah, it, it's really a, a terrific series for him. And what kind of baffled me, because um, you, you hear about, okay, mobster relocates from New York to, to Tulsa, Oklahoma. And I, I thought it was, and, and it comes from Taylor Sheridan, so I'm thinking, okay, this is going to be some serious stuff. Yes. And then when they sent the screeners to me, they said the new comedy Tulsa King. I thought right. oh, this is got this has <laughs> got to be a misprint. Not, they must have screwed something up. Then I saw another thing. It said the new comedy from Taylor. I thought, what that? What are you kidding me? And and um, I wish I would have thought of this myself, but I, I guess I read somebody else say, you know what? It's it's a comedy in the vein of like a Get Shorty. All right. Yeah, There's some right, serious right. stuff going on. You know, Chili Palmer, you know, he's involved with the mob. He's a he's a, a Shylock. You know, he's collecting money on a debt. And, um, you know, there's a lot of funny things that happen in that movie. And, you know, it's kind of like here it's it's grounded in some serious stuff. You know, I'm sure people are going to die in this show. Did anybody get whacked in that first one? I don't think so. No, nobody got a couple guys they got talked about out. it. They talked about it because he took the fall for uh, his boss. And yep. I don't know if it was the boss or the kid that whacked somebody, but he took the fall to, just to explain the show a little bit to people who haven't seen it on Paramount plus uh, Stallone comes out of the joint after 25 years, um, taking the fall for, I, I don't know. He's, it could have been the, 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 the boss or the boss's kid who is now the underboss. Right. And uh, never said anything. And so he felt like, hey, you know what? You need to take care of me now that I'm out. And they said, well, we are taking care of you. We're sending you to Tulsa. Yeah. <laughs> he goes, Tulsa. So he shakes down a legal, a legal pot dispensary. Yep. It's legal. And he goes, and goes I'm going to take 20% and then I'll protect you. That was hilarious. Protect me from who? Yeah. Protect, yeah protect. And that kid, by the way, from uh, uh, he was in oh, what the Silicon, hell? Silicon, wasn't he? Silicon Valley. He's, yep. Yeah. He's yeah. really good. He's always good at that. Really laid back. So you're going to protect me from myself? Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> <laughs> he's just really good. Yeah. So I mean, so I, it's not like a sitcom comedy, but no. it is really a serious show that's got a lot of humor, and it's just because of. It's the the fish out of water situation that he's in 
I mean, those that plot can get old, but Stallone is so perfect for it. You know, he says serious things, but they're funny because he, he's antiquated. He he comes from a world that that uh, you know is twenty five years old and never never knew anything yes. because he was in prison the whole time and he only read books. Didn't even know what the hell a smartphone was. So well, yeah, exactly. Never even heard yeah. of a smartphone. Yeah. So it was. It's it's so damn good, man. I the one thing I think about Stallone is that he's always been a terrific actor. And I think I at one point, I agree. I think at one point Arnold became like a caricature mm-hmm. of himself. Yep. And that's not to slam Arnold. I, I I think Arnold's terrific too, but Arnold just I don't know. Stallone always took it. Not to say Arnold doesn't take it seriously, but Stallone really, not only, he takes it so serious that he's a 76-year-old man that looks like he's 56. Kind of like yeah, uh, somebody found out in, yep. in the first episode. Um, so, uh, yeah, he's, he's uh, I, I love him in this show, man. I, I, I love everything he does. I agree with you 100%. And by the way, when that woman he's with in the first uh, episode finds out how old he is, she almost has a heart attack. It's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what the interesting about her? Uh, she, I looked at him and was like, well, God, who is she? She was in the movie Step Brothers, if you can recall. Oh, she sure, was the, yeah. The therapist for Will Ferrell's character, and he oh, automatically assumed they had a relationship right away. Andrea Savage is her name. I think she's 51. She's she looks really- like she's... She looks 20 years younger. Oh, I agree. She looks like she's in her mid-30s, for Christ's sake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just a great cast of characters. You got the pot dispensary guy. You got the limo driver. Yeah, he's great, by the way. He's a terrific actor, too. And and what I think I love about it, Tom, and I was telling my wife about this, he does the sorts of things you expect him to do. It's like the the African-American gentleman comes back from the car dealership. They wouldn't sell it to me because they yeah. said I look like a crack dealer. Yes. And he goes, take me to him. Take me to him. <laughs> take me to him. And you know what he's going to do. No, I you mean... definitely know what he's going to do. There's no <laughs> doubt about that. And, and I don't know. I just find such humor in that. It's just so deliberate. And it's like it's predictable. You know what he's going to do. But it's so funny because when he does it, it's like... <laughs> <laughs> he grabbed the phone from the guy or something, wrapped yeah. the cord around his neck and punched him in the throat. I mean, oh, my God. I, I could tell you I, I'm talking too much about what goes on. In the first no, episode, but... it's fine. It was the first episode. It's, hey, look, let me let me put it this way. I, I just when he gets in that taxi cab or, or Uber, it's not a taxi cab. It's an Uber. He gets in. And the young black man behind the wheel who ends up being his driver, because he told him he was going to be his driver, yeah. <laughs> by the way. And he goes, hey, what up, gangster? And he goes, you just call me a gangster? <laughs> <laughs> not again. Again, not knowing that that became part of the cultural yes. lexicon. Yes, exactly. In the 25 years he was in the joint. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. So yeah, what you yeah, got here no is you got that intensity of Taylor Sheridan. And then you got a couple of major principal guys that helped create the Sopranos, not David Chase, but right, some other people. Right. So you got the sense of humor of the Sopranos yes. and you have the seriousness of the Taylor Sheridan thing. Um, so yeah, man, what a, what a great show. I think, you know, this thing wasn't supposed to come out till January or February of next year. But I think they realized, you know what? We really have something spectacular here and we need to get it out right now. No, you're absolutely right. Has Taylor Sheridan ever made a bad series? Not, not the, and you know, on top of that, he did Hell or High Water. Yeah. 
And then he, he did um, Wind River. He's with really Jeremy good. Renner. Oh God! Really? Yeah, good. that guy. And you know what? He started as an actor. I oh, mean, I didn't he's know been that. a lot. Of, yeah, yeah. So I mean, this guy has it all going. And, yeah, 1883, um, no, right? 1883, and yeah. yesterday, uh, a trailer was released for 1923, which is yet another prequel for Yellowstone. Oh. This one, this one stars Harrison Ford and Helen Mirren. Jesus. And that's coming out later December, I believe. God, TV yeah. is so good right now. TV is the best it's ever been, I think. Well, so one other thing I was going to mention, I don't want to talk about it too much because I've been just, both my wife and I have been buzzing since we saw it last week early, um, uh, The Fablemans. Oh, I cannot wait to see The Fableman. The first frickin' night you get an opportunity to see it, Tom, you have to see it. I definitely want to see that movie. Definitely. It, it, yeah, and, and again, I, I've already tipped my hand to how I feel about the movie, but everything everybody's saying is true. It is, it is just, I can't say anything. <laughs> just, I can't say I'm just anything. saying go see it. Just go see it. And I will warn you, two and a half hours. I know. Spielberg loves to be two and a half hours. He loves that. So it's based on his life. Yeah, but it's not. It's not him. And he, I read about that a little bit. Um, he didn't want it to. He thought it'd be too narcissistic if he, you know, if it was. Oh, this is the young me. Well, yeah, you know, of course so it would. What he did basically with it is, um, like Ken Branagh did with uh, Belfast. Right. That was a, right. that was a chronicle of his younger life yep. in in Belfast. So that's kind of so in an odd sort of way. I mean, I can I compare this to Belfast and you know uh, Super Eight, uh, which is a great you know 1970s set nostalgic mm-hmm. story. J.J. Abrams did that one, but it was about these young filmmakers, uh, Super Eight filmmakers. And so I kind of compare it to those two films, but there's just obviously so much. I did. I looked at the Hollywood versus history, and almost everything is spot on, real. Uh, so this, no question, is a biography, uh, a biographical account of Steven Spielberg's life, with the exception of changing the names of the characters. So uh, all I can say is I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I. I I avoid trailers as much as possible. I saw a little tiny clip. I thought, well, this obviously it's said it's going to be nostalgic. So I, that got me interested, but I was completely blown away by what I had seen. If you're fascinated by aliens, ghosts, cryptid creatures like Bigfoot, then I have the show for you. The Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. Each week, we investigate different claims of the supernatural, bringing you the top guests and experts from around the world. Listen on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Tune in, Pocket Cast, Deezer, Amazon Music, Audible, Podcast Addict, Podchaser, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Apple Podcasts. The Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. Doug, how are things going at Burnsville and Coon Rapids Nissan? Well, we're in first and second place for the year in Minnesota. Well, that's pretty impressive. What do you think the secret is? Well, clearly people like overpaid morning DJs that can't throw a first pitch over the plate. 
That hurt my feelings on so many levels. Sorry. Some people actually like these goofy ads, but there's a lot more to it. I think people really like the one-price upfront approach. They know they are being treated fairly. Yep. The free 10-year, 150,000-mile powertrain warranty doesn't hurt either. So what's going on this month? Well, inventory's finally getting better. We've got 75 Rogues and 25 Pathfinders available for delivery this month, and Nissan just came out with 1.9% for 36 months for people with good credit. The way interest rates are climbing these days, that's pretty darn good, Dougie. With all those Rogues and Pathfinders, free powertrain warranty, and low interest rate financing, no wonder Burnsville and Coon Rapids are setting records. We're like the Aaron Judge and Ryan. Roger Maris of Nissan's. No, no, you're not. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know? And that's exactly my my question is, you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact, I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. I cannot wait to see the Fablemans. I, I cannot wait to see episode two of... Tulsa King, um, there. You know, you just reminded me you talking about uh, you know a couple of guys involved with the Sopranos or involved with Tulsa King. Yeah, the humor in because I went back and watched. I, I have uh, the the final season, the sixth season still to go, but I watched from the very beginning of Sopranos, and I didn't remember it being as funny as it is. It's very funny. Well, you know, I mean, it, it seems kind of pretentious, but when when I've heard filmmakers say it. But like life, there's comedy and there's drama. Yeah, and yep, I guess yep. it. I guess it's true, isn't it? I mean, you know, it, it, nothing is 100% drudgery. I hope not. And if that's you, I lighten up. You know, I mean, anybody that's out there that's that's uh, or their life is drudgery, they got to find some spark somewhere. But you know, look, I mean, if you want to portray something honestly, you have to make you have to involve all the emotions, right? Yep. So, yeah, that's that's some filmmakers don't get that. You know, there didn't you. What was it that you saw that I, I've heard you talk about? Was it Boardwalk Empire that didn't have the sense of humor that the Sopranos did? Yeah. 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 You know, and, and that's too bad. I'm trying to think there's been other films that I've seen recently where it's like, come on, crack a joke once in a while. Lighten up, Francis. Well, (laughs) yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Look, the Pine Barrens episode of The Sopranos is terrific. It's a couple of gangsters wandering in the Pine Barrens trying to kill this this, uh, guy from Eastern Europe. They're going to kill this and the sumbitch and all the rest of it. And as they're wandering around, Tony Soprano calls them, and Paulie Walnuts answers the phone. And he says to him, you guys be careful out there because that guy has killed 16 Chechens and he's part of the interior. <laughs> and so Paulie hangs up 
And uh, Christopher asked him, he said, what, so what'd he have to say? He goes, I think we got some problems out here. Apparently this guy killed 16 Czechoslovakians, and he's an interior decorator. <laughs> <laughs> I started laughing early because I knew where it was going. I mean, what it's a brilliant so... line, interior decorator. And then what does Christopher say? I can't remember. What, he goes, what interior decorator. His house looks like shit. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Very Great funny. writing. That's Great just writing. It. It's all about the writing, isn't it? Um, you know, I, I previewed um, Dead to Me Season 3 is coming. Oh, that's a good uh, show. This week. Uh, in prep, I know you like this guy, Tommy. I'm going to talk with James Marsden today. Oh, I love James Marsden. Yeah, and he's in it. And, you know, I'm sitting there thinking, I mean, yeah, some of the stuff in it is outlandish. And I don't know if you've ever seen Dead to Me. Great series. Yeah, it is. I've seen it. Yeah, yeah. So th- season three, the final season's coming out. And uh, I- I'm just kind of marveling at the writing. I mean, it really just comes down to great writing, doesn't it? I- I- it's just, Yes, I agree. Y- and I think that's where streaming has been successful. It Streaming has kind of given people time to breathe. It's given, like Netflix, I know one thing. I don't know if it is this way still. Um, because of its financial problems or whatever. But I know at first a lot of filmmakers liked to go to Netflix because Netflix didn't meddle in their – it wasn't, it wasn't uh, uh, filmmaking by committee, as John Landis once said. That's why John Landis doesn't make movies anymore, because yeah. it's filmmaking by committee. There are too many cooks in the kitchen. Yeah. Yep. They won't allow the filmmakers to do what they want to do. And um, so, so that, I think, by giving – you know, these filmmakers, these creatives, these writers, producers, directors, whatever, the opportunity to, you know, first of all, they're going to give you your eight episodes or 10 or 13 or whatever. You're not sitting there like on, in the network where your head's on the chopping block week one if it doesn't work out. You know, you're, they're, they're, right. they're, I'm sure they're already preoccupied by the fact that, shit, this could last only a week and we're done. You know, so right. so there they're guaranteed to tell at least one season of whatever they want to and uh, given creative freedom, they don't have people meddling. And, and I think, look what, look what's happened as a result. I mean, look now HBO is the same sort of way because they didn't meddle either. And that's how HBO became successful. And I have to recommend a book to you called it's not TV. That's the spectacular rise future no, no, Rise, Revolution, and Future of HBO. I just interviewed the author, one of the authors, a couple of weeks ago. But it tells about that sort of creative freedom that uh, HBO gave these, these people like David Chase or whatever uh, to do what they wanted to do. And that's why they became successful. They gave them the room to breathe. They didn't meddle. And look what happens. We get great TV. No, it's true. Oh, speaking of TV, a smile is showing up on TV, what, tonight, right? On streaming? Yes. Streaming, yes. It, it is actually Paramount Plus um, because yeah, and no, nobody knows what the state of things are right now as far as um, the pandemic. Obviously, they started streaming things a lot earlier. And, and, you know, movie studios are starting to smarten up to the fact that, look, if we wait 90 days, we might lose momentum for a picture. So yeah. let's take it. Let's take it after 45 if not shorter and put it in in our streaming deal 
get people that didn't want to come to see the movie in the theaters, which is still in theaters. I think it's a top five. And we can get them to sign up for Paramount Plus and they can see it there. So I think that's a smart thing for them to do to, um, to um, you know, keep the momentum going for the picture. Do you know how long that movie is? Because I can't find a running time for it. Uh, let me look that up for you. I'm sure it's pretty short. Don't you think it'd be short? A buck and a half, maybe a buck 40. Usually that's the kind of movie you want to do. A uh, I'm getting one, 155. Oh, so it's 155. It's almost two hours long. Uh, we're supposed to have Kyle Gallner on the show this morning, but he never showed up. Which He's is in. Bad. Is he the, um, in, in the picture or what? Yeah, Kyle Gallner. It's uh, Saucy Bacon. Uh, oh, yeah, Sophie yeah. Bacon and Kyle uh, Gallner and Caitlin Stacy. Uh, yeah, Kyle, Kyle is like the lead the guy in it, apparently. Yeah, I missed it in theater, so I, uh, I'll have to watch it and, and talk with you guys about it on the queue and, and here as well next week. Yeah, I'm telling you, honestly, God, Jesus, it just, it looks like it's really good. I don't know. You never know what those movies are, but it's almost two hours long, which... That's a bit long for all. It's not. Would you consider that a horror film? I suppose you'd have to, I guess. Yeah, yeah. It's billed as a horror mystery thriller. Right, right. So yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm curious to see how, uh, Sosi Bacon does with it because obviously now we're talking about second generation. She's got a, quite a pedigree. Uh, quite a pedigree there, right? Kevin Bacon and, uh, um, what's what's her mom? Oh, Jesus. Kira Sedgwick. Kira, Kira Sedgwick. Sedgwick. There you go, of course. <laughs> absolutely. My head's too stuffed with actor names. Sometimes it doesn't come out right away. So, yeah. Yeah. It's good stuff out though right now. Um, but so, yeah, really, I, I, I uh, Dead to Me, season three, that's just, it, it mm -hmm. holds up to the first two seasons. Uh, you know, you got Tulsa King. This year, of course, on Paramount Plus, we had the offer. I mean, uh, the old man. Just thinking of all these shows off the top of my head, they're just all terrific shows, you know? Yeah, I'm telling you, TV is so good now. It's unbelievable. It's amazing. Yeah, so, you know, if, if movies can learn from that, it's kind of like hands off, hands off. That's why Spielberg, Spielberg has the clout to do what he wants to do. And what happens? Most everything he does is pretty damn good. You know, yeah, he has a little slip ups here and there and the films might not do as good a box office, yeah. but they're still good movies. You know, you can't judge a movie by its box office take. So, yeah, yeah. I like it, Pally. Anything else coming up I should keep an eye on? Well, I guess, you know, like I say, I, I'm, I'm overhyping already the Fablemans for next week. Yeah, but that looks um, really good, man. But this week, uh, I'm actually going, there's two big movies coming out on streaming. Um, one is with James Marsden, Amy Adams, Disenchanted, the long-awaited sequel to Enchanted, which is coming out on Disney Plus Friday. And then on Apple TV Plus Thursday, no, also Friday, excuse me, is uh, Spirited with Ryan Reynolds and Will Ferrell. It's like they got all the big stars going to streaming, straight to streaming, don't they? Ryan Reynolds is damn good, isn't he? Yeah, he is. How, how do you feel about Will Ferrell? Not a big fan. Too silly for me. Yeah, I, you know, I, I, I tend to like most everything he does. Yeah, I understand. But, uh, you know, this, this looks interesting, and it's uh, 
holiday. It's a takeoff of uh, Christmas Carol, basically. So. Oh yeah. So anyway, uh, I'm 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 awaiting my screeners for those so I can talk about them with you guys on the queue on uh, Thursday. Otherwise, we'll, we'll we'll have to talk a little bit more about Tulsa King after I catch that second episode. Yeah, that and you said that Sunday night, or is it two a.m. on Sunday? Yeah, two a.m. Sunday. Yeah, that's what they do now, which is pretty cool, don't you think? So you can you can wake up and watch Tulsa King and eat breakfast. Yeah, good idea. <laughs> wake Catherine up by. Although I I got those earbuds, so it all works out. I can watch movies at like three o'clock in the morning if I wake up in the middle of the night. Oh God! I have how many times have I woken up in the middle of the night? My wife is sitting. She we don't. She doesn't have the iPad now. Now she just watches everything on her phone. But when we got the iPad, when that came out, you know, it's like, what the hell are you doing? It's four in the morning and you're watching something. <laughs> <laughs> you're not not wild about that idea. I you know I she can do whatever the hell she wants. I just that if I wake up, then I have a hard time getting back to sleep. So once in a while, it's like. Well, what was that noise? Oh, she's watching episode blah, blah, blah of this on Netflix or whatever. Yeah, so, no, no, I, I again, if you, if you can't sleep, man, do whatever you have to do to pass the time. It's going to be so weird because as I move on, I'll probably end up doing a morning show, but I, I uh, literally told him, hey, forget this 6 to 9 thing. I'll do 7 to 10. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Sounds good yeah. to me. Just to be able to sleep until like, Six o'clock in the morning. How wonderful. Sleep till six, get up, take a shower, get out of the house by 6.30. You get there by about uh, quarter to seven. You hit the air to 15 minutes later. What's wrong with that? Yeah, yeah. Gay man, get as much sleep as you can. I mean, Ugh. right now, my big issue, I, I'm usually awakened by the little puppy at about five in the morning. Oh, God. Yeah, so, I'll do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that kind of is, okay, I'm screwed. I might as well say get the coffee on. <laughs> yeah. Know? I have no damn good reason to be awake at 5. Well, but, yeah, they'll, uh, they'll wake you up at 5 a.m. because, you know, they need to go outside or whatever. And then about 45 minutes later, they're sleeping again. But you're not. Well, I'm looking at him right now, and he's sacked out. It's like yep. little bastard. <laughs> they, they sleep like yeah, there 18 go. hours a day or something. It's crazy. Well, yeah, he's oh, getting a little God. older. He's about seven months old now. He's still a lot uh, of sleep, though. Yeah, yeah, still sleeps a lot, and uh, again, here I am. I've been awake since five, thanks to him. Mm-hmm. Hey, what are you gonna puppies do? What the are, hell are you gonna do? Everyone thinks puppies are gonna be very fun until they get one, and <laughs> they're a lot of work. Puppies and kids. Mm, well, puppies and kids. Ethan sometimes sleeps until ten o'clock. Really? Oh yeah, oh, man, you're lucky then. He's a Holy good smokes. sleeper. Uh, well, wait till you add another one. Mm, yeah, that's what they say. One's a good sleeper, and then the next isn't. Yeah, there you go. Then it'll be revenge. No, his problem. He just turned. Up, yeah. He just turned one last week, and now mm-hmm. his issue is that food is no longer food; it's a toy because he can feed the dog <laughs> with it. Oh God! So yes. the dog has gained two pounds, <laughs> and she's not a big dog. She's twenty-three pounds now. He literally, he'll just take the food off his plate and hold it over to Daisy, and she'll eat it, and he'll laugh because oh, it's God, super man. funny, and then he'll do it again and again, and he just won't eat. Oh, man. Puppies Ethan. don't do that. Puppies will eat. Yeah, puppies yeah. will eat. You're right about that, and no question oh, about Believe me, I might, well, and chew on things. Holy God, the things that this this guy has chewed on, it's Literally everything. Literally everything, yep. And he's, he's, he's a basset, but he's a longer-legged basset. 
So he can actually jump up and put his paws on the counter. Oh, yeah. Which is something the previous ones couldn't do. Yep. So that's a whole new deal to contend with. Why is that food dish on the floor? What? What? You know, it's like, oh, God. Mm-hmm. Hey, man, I love them, though. There They're the lights go. of my life. What What can I say? And my children. Yeah. Well, yep. you threw in the kids at the end. That's mm-hmm. nice of you. Dogs first, children oh, they're, they're growing up. They're not cute anymore, you know. <laughs> yeah, they're really not nice. cute anymore. How old is your youngest? My youngest kid? Yeah. Uh, she's going to be 18 pretty quick. Oh, yeah, so God, you are going to really? be an empty nester pretty soon, huh? Man. Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know, man. My, my oldest is going to be 30 this year. Oh, wow, yeah. Yeah, so twelve you know, years spread. Uh, it's pretty good. Right now, right now, I have three in their twenties and one who's going to be eighteen. Yeah. God, so yeah, amazing. I've been hearing about the empty nest thing, but you know, then when they're adults, you know, you just can't say, "Oh, go ahead, I'm not going to worry about you." It doesn't work that That's way. True. Oh yeah, they're. I mean, either Alex or I are at my mom and dad's house like probably four days a week. So see, the nest isn't I mean, really I, that empty. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's, 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 I'm glad. I mean, my child, I have a good, good relationship with all my children. So, yes, they're, they're over here quite a bit and stuff, too. So, and, and one's in school, so he's living there. But, um, yeah, I, look, I'm not looking forward to the empty house. I really ain't. Yeah. I, I ain't. Yep. I, I ain't. No, I ain't. There you no, go. No, I am not. Yeah, yeah. So, but that's why we got the puppies, right? To keep us, keep us busy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep, no doubt about it. All right, Pally. So we'll have you on Thursday morning on the queue, huh? Indeed, indeed, Tommy. Just you two today, huh? Yeah, Catherine is uh, taking care of getting the last bits of furniture out of her father's apartment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, Alex is uh, is out of town. So, And then Ralph, is uh, he's in surgery. Oh, my gosh. He's performing oh, he's, surgery. He's doing the surgery. Yeah, he's performing the surgery, yes. not okay. having Hey, you know what? Also, also I, I have to um, uh, give you my condolences for your friend Andy. Um, oh, yeah. yep. I didn't get an opportunity yet, but uh, yeah, I'm so sorry to hear that, man. Honestly, God, Timmy, October 15th, 2020, my brother died. And since then, 26 other people I know have died. Oh, my like, gosh. What the hell? Yeah, it's fun getting to the life stage where relatives start dying. Because well, yeah. before him. I think it was basically, well, wait, grandma died two years well, ago. Y- yeah, so around the same time. Your mom died quite a while ago, though. 2008, yeah. Yeah, so she was the first one. But then there yeah, was a long yeah. period where no one died, I don't think. And now all of a sudden everyone's dying. Everyone's uh, tipping over. That's how it goes, though. You hit a certain age and, you know. How, how, how old was your, your buddy, Andy? 71? He was 70, yeah. 70? So he was 70, yeah, exactly. I mean, that's that's so effed up. <laughs> he had a rough life, though. He oh, did. Oh, man. You know, 71, though. Come on. I, I mean, know. It's, it's, you know, my I lost my mom when she was 65. Oh, God. Yeah, that's pretty And, pretty uh, you know, you, you think, it's 65. I mean, I was happy. I was in my early 30s when she died. 31. Just turned 32. Yeah. Um... But it's, you know, your perception changes. Uh, you know, when you're little, you know, you think 70. Oh, that's old. No, actually, it's not. 65 is not old. Um, See, so, yeah, it, it sucks. That sucks. That's another so one of those sorry. deals in my life that was so weird. I found out my mother died from Vince Flynn. 
He yeah. sent me an email that said, I'm sorry to hear you lost your mother because nobody has told no, it was Vince Flynn that told me. Oh. Fitz is the one that came over to the house after he found out. Oh, okay. Uh, because I was out of town, and he was out of town as well. But so Vince Flynn told me my mother had died, and then like two years later, Vince Flynn died. It's like, uh, what the yep. hell? And he was not old. He was 44, I think. 44, let's see here. I think he was not much old. If he's older than 44, it's not much. I can guarantee 47. You. Oh, he's 40, he got to 47. Yeah, which it's not, you know. That's not exactly elderly, yeah. but... Yeah, I mean, a man with all that talent and all that wonderful stuff in life, and there it just, I Jesus, know. it's so sad. All the money in the world can't save you from certain things. Let's lighten all, it up. Well, you can't, what's that? All the Bitcoin in the world. How about that? All the Bitcoin in the world can't save anybody's ass. Yeah, apparently that's true. Maybe they'll discover <laughs> that Bitcoin is the cure for cancer somehow. Okay, we got one more minute, so I'm going to give you an educational deal. This is why Uncle Tommy has never vacationed in Mexico. Oh, never. I will never, ever. Beachgoers at a popular Mexican resort town were subjected to a stark reminder of Mexican cartel violence yep. when oh, three no. dead bodies of tortured individuals washed up on the beach. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> They're on God. the beach hanging on three dead bodies. Yeah, those cartels. Like, hell, hell no. That's uh, some dangerous territory, baby. Uh, one of the bodies was tied to a cement anchor on one hand and one foot while another body was lying face up in the sand. That's a pretty crappy <laughs> cement anchor. It really is a bad anchor. It was, really was, no if question. he's washing up on shore, what, it's like a one-inch ball of cement. Exactly. Good enough. I guess so. Great vacation memories, huh? Yeah, oh hey, God, let's yeah. go back there. What a wonderful... See, now, after fun in Acapulco when I was a little, little boy and Elvis went, I went, oh, I want to go to Acapulco sometime. <laughs> then I realized, no, I don't want to go to Acapulco no, ever. Don't. No, I'm good. Thank you. Yeah. All right, Timmy, we'll talk to you Thursday, Pally. All right, Tommy, talk Thursday. Andy, have a great week. You too. Thanks a lot, Tim Lammers, ladies and gentlemen. Kristen Burt will join us in a couple of minutes, correct, Andy? Yes, uh, but first, Wendy wants to extend her condolences Wendy, Wendy, Wendy. for Andy Fisher. Oh, that's very, very sweet. Thank you. If you're fascinated by aliens, ghosts, cryptid creatures like Bigfoot, then I have the show for you. The Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. Each week, we investigate different claims of the supernatural, bringing you the top guests and experts from around the world. Listen on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Tune in. The Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. And we are back with Stretch's Picks. Who's winning this thing? The Kitties, the Pack, the Bears, or the Purple? None of the above. Those are all the teams in the division. I know that. Well, who's your pick? I'm going with Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. What? It's not a football team. Sabre is one of the largest Bryant dealers in the state, which means you save. Yep, I'm going with Sabre, Sabre and Bryant, doing whatever it takes to keep you comfortable. Oh, uh, one more thing, Tom. What's that? Visit SaberHeating.com. Tom here for Shift Real Estate. Last year, about this time when we were making plans for Key West, I met the folks from Shift Real Estate. And when I heard the Shift story, it made sense to me. It made sense to my kids, and it makes sense to pretty much everybody that's heard about them. Shift Real Estate saves home sellers thousands of dollars on real estate fees. How do they do it? Shift lists for a flat fee of $5,000. You work with a full-time salaried agent. They take professional photos and videos of your home, list it on the MLS, and market your home online, all for a $5,000 flat fee. 
Call Shift Real Estate and tell them about your home. Tell them that you heard me talking about it, and they will tell you how you can save $10,000 or more when you list with Shift. It's the common sense way to sell your home. Visit Shift2Sell.com. That's Shift, the number two, Sell.com. Because life is expensive enough. But yes, we do have Kristen on. Oh, Kristen's ready already? It's 11.30. Oh, my God, it is 11.30. It jumped right in there. Um, I, uh, Kristen Bird, how are you? I'm great. How are you? Marvelous. We were just talking to Timmy Lammers about some great new television. Television is so good, Kristen. It's amazing. It is so good. And the landscape is changing so rapidly um, because I, I cover mostly TV now. And so it's been really interesting watching um how a couple of tv shows like dancing with the stars obviously has moved to disney plus days of our lives moved from nbc to peacock and i've had to cover both shows extensively over the last few months and it's really interesting talking to the actors saying it was the best move for them even because their shows are now supported in a way that the networks could no longer do because the networks are so focused in on advertising dollars and everything else. And when there's a subscription base, there's just more promotional support. The executives are more involved. They are excited about the show. They're thinking about different ways of how they can promote it. So it's really interesting how it's even changing the focus for the actors on set, it just completely changes the atmosphere for them. Yeah, it's very, very true. Honestly, we we're just talking, I was talking to Timmy about all the great things that are going on television. I, we got to jump right into it because we did cover it quite a bit with, with Timmy, but I want to get your take. Have you seen Tulsa King yet? I have not. You know, that's Sylvester Stallone's new deal. Yes. And okay. he's been everywhere. He also has a reality show coming on top of this. Oh, he does? What's it? What? Well, I'm glad I brought it up then because yes. I didn't know that. What? What's that all about? Yes. So this is really interesting. So Sylvester Stallone has three daughters, the, the Stallone daughters. I mean, they are Stallone sisters, I think they call them. They are beautiful. They're gorgeous. But I think they also want to get into the industry. And um, so this was a way to kind of give them a leg up. And he and his wife and Sylvester Stallone, uh, they're all together, are doing a family reality show, kind of like the Kardashians. But while they were filming was when he and Jennifer decided to break up and get back together. What? Now, yes. So some people will say, oh, did they do it as a publicity stunt, the whole split and everything else? But it was pretty public. I don't think that they intended for this to be covered by the reality show. The the timing just was a little crazy. So it's going to be really interesting because he's kind of making a really nice comeback on the acting side. Mm -hmm. But then he's going to be a reality star on the flip side. That is so weird that he's going to be do a reality show. But he's doing it to, like, make his daughters, like, superstars. Yeah, that's true. And, that's true. And he's been fighting for um, a piece of the, the Rocky legacy because uh, he doesn't have as many points as the, the original producer. And he's been fighting him. Oh, really? And I think he's trying to make sure that his daughters are, like, uber wealthy when he's no longer here. Uber it's wealthy really is good. It's really a fascinating story. Like, the behind-the-scenes stuff of what's happening with the Stallones – Really interesting, honestly. Doesn't he live in Florida now? He does. He has a big home in Florida, 
Um, he sold his Los Angeles house to Adele. So Adele lives there now. Oh, okay. And um, he bought a smaller home here in the L.A. area. Oh, he did? Okay. But he does, yeah, he does have something small. I mean, which is still very, very large. I was going to say small, uh, meaning what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. 15,000 well, square say, feet. Let, like, let's put it this way. I cover a lot of celebrity real estate. So like he, let's say he went from like a $20 million home to like an $11 million home. Here we go. Palm Beach property. Like so he lives in Palm, on Palm Beach. He lives on Palm Beach Island. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I'm looking so, yeah, at it. I'm talking, I about his, uh, I'm talking about his Los Angeles properties. And then of course he has... His Florida property. Well, his Florida property, um, well, let's, it's like if you took the bar's property, no one knows what I'm talking about, but dad, if you took the bar's property, plopped it on Palm Beach Island and replaced most of the land with pools. Pools? A lot of pools, yes. How many pools he got? Well, he's got one that goes into the ocean, it looks like. I don't think literally, because I don't think you're allowed to do that. But then he's got another one that, like, goes into the entrance of the house. Like, almost like in Washington, D.C., where it, like, goes into the, up oh, to the yeah, capital. Yeah. He has, like, he's got that going on with his house. Um, it looks like he's got another one in the back. He's right on the ocean, by the way. Oh, of course. So what the hell do you need all these pools for? Because uh, you... No, you know, and then I'm always like, well, it's because they don't want salt water, but everyone has a salt water pool now these days. Yeah, that's exactly right, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's a very good point. Very, very good point. But yeah, he's we see him once in a while. He's that he hangs out at one of the restaurants we go to when we're down there. And oh, that's right. Yeah, he goes over to uh, Breakers, right? He does. Yep, he hangs out over there quite a bit. And then Alex How ran fancy. in. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's a very fancy guy. Oh, yeah, it's a no thirty-five problem. million dollar property in Palm Beach. That's not not bad. Works. Yeah, pretty good. But his, you said he has a property where? L.A. In Los Angeles. In L.A. Let's see. Oh, Andy's looking up all of his properties now. There you go. Be able to see, like he he sold his house, his his larger home, to Adele. He sold that for Adele fifty-eight million. Oh Jesus! Yeah. And he bought an eighteen million house in Hidden Hills. There you go. And Hidden Hills again. See, this is interesting. This is where the Kardashians live. Um, and that's where a lot of celebrities are moving because it is a gated neighborhood and a huge gated community, but it's also an equestrian property. So you can keep your horse on your oh, property. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's beautiful in there. And what's so funny about it, because people move to it because it's gated and it's private, but at the same time, you're required to have these specific signs in front of your house. So it'll say like, the Bernards live here. <laughs> you have a oh, sign. God. So it's like private, but not private, which is really strange. Yeah, that's bizarre. <laughs> no question. Yeah. Now, this next question I have for you, I got it. It kind of pains me to ask you this question because I've talked to the man several times. Never met him in person, but I've. I've talked to him on the phone about 20 times. Is Jay Leno going to be all right? Oh, yeah. Um, that, that was a very serious, serious accident. He's such a nice um, man. It's just, I hope he's going to be okay. He's from my hometown. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah, we're both from Andover, Mass. And his family had a home, I want to say it was probably about a mile down the road from where I grew up. And... Even when he was on The Tonight Show, even in the early days of, like, when he was filling in for Johnny Carson as yeah. kind of, like, the perfect guest host, his parents still had, back in, I don't think people do this anymore, but they would, you know, you'd put your last name on the mailbox, so it said Leno. Oh, you'd God. You'd always know it was their home. 
Um, they were so proud of him. And he came and did a couple of local shows. And I, I've seen him. His stand-up was always really good. And, um, yeah, he, he used to come back to Andover all of the time. Like a big local hero. So what blew up in his face? I mean, I heard his face got severely it was burned. gasoline. But yeah, and it, it, I believe it was like a 1907 or yeah, those early old cars. Yeah, they didn't have any of those safety valves or anything. Oh, so God. if you like uncap the wrong thing, out, had to like smother the fire. Right. So it right. And I will tell you, I've I've actually had two serious second degree burns, two separate instances. Really? I know. Isn't that crazy? Like both like flukes and. I have always said, because I, if something's too hot, I have like a sort of a PTSD reaction yeah. when I get. Oh yeah. Turn. Oh yeah. Like, I know what you mean. Yeah. Like, oh. And so I, I have to say, I've always said second degree burns are so painful. I cannot imagine what a third degree burn is oh, like because, God. and the recovery, even for a second degree burn, which eventually turns out to be no scarring. You're okay. You're fine. Oh, okay. Um, it takes a full year to recover. So third degree burns actually aren't as painful as second. First are the bad ones. Oh uh, no, second is the worst. Oh, is it? Oh, so I'm getting all the worst ones. Well, I just am always thinking: is it the third? You just go into so much shock that you're not feeling the pain. Uh, it's more that your nerves get burned away, so oh. there's nothing to hurt. So yeah. no wonder I have PTSD. I've had two horrible second degree burns. Second degree burns are the most painful because it'll it singes your nerves but doesn't destroy them. So it's yeah. Yeah. About as painful as it gets. Whereas third degree, it's you know still doesn't feel good. Right. But it's not as painful as second because the nerves are destroyed. So oh, there you sense. go. I had one in my hand, and then I had a waitress accidentally spill. You know, like those catering trays when they put the hot water in the oh, bottom yeah. and then it put crap in the top. She spilled one of those. Ow. All over my crotch, <laughs> my thighs, and then went down to my feet. And I went into shock. And I was I was at a work event. And this was our last day. We had been in Dallas for a month. I had been doing a show. And I started to pull off my pants in the middle of the bar, not realizing. And my co-host, like, picked me up and, like, threw me in the woman's room. And then the waitress, just so everyone knows, the waitress came in who did it. She felt horrible. It was a total accident. She started trying to put ice on my burns, which is the worst oh, thing. Oh, second-degree burn? No, you don't do that. Yeah, and it started – my foot started bubbling up. It was a mess. Yep. And then, yeah, it was a mess. And then I had to, like, fly home with burns back to L.A. <laughs> it was terrible. So, yeah, fun stuff. Yep. One yeah. thing that confuses me, so Jay Leno, his only official statement was basically that he needs a couple of weeks to get back on his feet, which suggests it's first or second degree. Uh, well, to me, that would only be first degree because second degree, if it's on it, because my second degree burns took in, in terms of like the bubbling and the scarring. Um, and the scabs <laughs> that took a solid like three months. Yeah. And then, um, so if it's on his face, that seems strange. Um, and then in terms of like fully healing from second degree, it's a year. So that to me would be a first degree, but they're saying that he's in serious condition. Yeah. yeah. And some people yep. are saying he's got third degree burns. It doesn't all add up. So I think we need to wait for more information. Yeah. I mean, I've got to imagine that, I mean, because TMZ was reporting, like, his friend saved his life by smothering the fire, and mm -hmm. then he could have lost his life had he not acted quickly. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, Good the thing about third-degree burns is they don't kill you right away. They kill you when you get an infection weeks later. Infection, yeah. So.
that's what we have to worry about really be so careful and you have to keep the wound this is so gross you have to keep the wounds wet you don't want them to harden over especially if it's over any type of joint because you lose movement and um I mean, my boyfriend at the time had to like scrub my wounds. I couldn't even look at them because they were disgusting. Yeah, you got to debreed those wounds, and that does not feel good. It feels horrific. Mm-hmm. I wish it on nobody. One of my favorite Jay Leno stories that he ever told me, and he, I think he he told it on TV once as well, or maybe a couple times. But when he first appeared on the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson as a stand-up comedian, not as the host or stand-in host or anything. He was a comedian, right? Mm-hmm. And he calls his parents. Now, this is a this is an Andover, Massachusetts story, if there ever was one. Mm-hmm. He says, Mom and Dad, you got to tune in tonight because I'm going to be on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. They said, oh, my God, you get on, you're on with Johnny Carson? You're going to be on with Johnny Carson? They said, yeah, I'm going I'm to be on tonight. So Tuesday night, he's go, he goes on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. Thursday, he gets a call from his father, and he goes, Jay, i got to ask you a question. I watched Tuesday night. You were on the show. It was fantastic. I tuned in last night. You weren't there. What happened? Did you get fired? (laughs) (laughs) His old man thought he was going to be on permanent. And he ended up being on permanently because he ended up uh, replacing Johnny Carson. So there you go. And, yeah, one of the biggest late-night wars, like, you can ever imagine with the he and Dave and yeah. Johnny was retiring. I mean, there was that's really fascinating Hollywood history. It's really sad is that none of those shows get any ratings anymore. None. I remember just especially like maybe late my late high school years, like early college years, it was such a thing to like be home in time to watch oh, yeah. Dave Letterman or Johnny Carson or yeah, it's it's so sad. Is David Letterman as big a dink as he seems? <laughs> he seems really curmudgeonly. <laughs> he does. Is he that bad? Do you know him at all? I have heard he's very prickly. I've never interviewed him, but I've heard he's very prickly. Um, and, you know, that whole – do you remember when he had an affair with his, one of his staff members and then he got blackmailed? I remember that, And then he yeah. announced it on the air and then everyone was, like, thinking it was a joke and everyone's, like, laughing awkwardly. Oh. I think had that happened in, like, 2000, you know, 22, 2017, it would have been such a different situation of uh, that outcome because, you know, he admitted to it and he said, I'm sorry, and then moved on and that was that, but – now he probably would have lost his job. The, you know, the network would be like, we can't have this. This is sexual harassment. This opens up lawsuits. So interesting. Yeah, it is. I mean, it, that, that whole deal. I think the highest rated uh, late night talk show now has about 1.2 million viewers. And I can't even remember which one that is. But, I mean, back in, obviously back in the day, you're only talking four TV networks. There was no streaming. So, I mean, for a show to, to, to garner 10, 15, 20 million viewers was not that big a deal because there was nothing else to watch, you know? There was nothing else to watch. And then, I mean, a lot of that was like it. You'd watch the, the late night shows and then there'd be no TV after that until the news in the morning. <laughs> yeah, no, that's Kids exactly don't realize it. that we have 24-7 TV now. That didn't exist before. No, You're it didn't. absolutely correct. I just... Uh, Let's see, uh, Gutfeld, exclamation mark, beat every 
late night TV show at 2.5 million viewers. He had two and a half million, and he beat, beat every one them all. Of them. Yep. I think the highest rated one literally is like 1.2, maybe 1.5 million, but that's about it. They're still doing the key demo, and God, Gutfeld, 2.5 million, 4.4 in the key demo. 0.4? It's not a key demo anymore. I don't know what why. are they talking about. The I key don't know demo. why advertisers are so focused on 18 to 49 when anyone 30 and under is barely. I mean, they're not subscribing to cable. Let's no. start right there. No. And then, yeah, and I mean, a lot of them don't have TVs. They watch on their smartphones. They watch on their laptops or tablets. It's it's insane that they were still so focused on that key demo. Well, I've been told by people who would know this. I can't reveal who told me this, but. Uh, because they're involved in the business, so I can't really reveal it. But he said basically that uh, that talk shows on television and radio and all the rest of it maybe have three years left, and that's about it. He said mm. nobody under 40 wa- watches or listens to that. They well, just don't. Um, Colbert, uh, let's see. 82% of his audience is not in the key demo. Yeah, there you go. So they're all over 54. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's not surprising at all. Now they have all the money. That's the pr- the problem with that whole argument is those people over fifty five years old have all the money, and so there. Why you didn't? Why didn't they? Well, this is something you might know, uh, Kristen. Why didn't they move that demo up to like thirty five to sixty four? Great question. It's it was really <laughs> stupid to do that because they have all the money. Do you want me to tell you ageism? Ageism. And it's like, it's so funny to me that, you know, we have worked so hard to, you know, work on like anti-racism and, you know, LGBTQ plus inclusivity, all of this, we work on all of this. And, you know, we sit there and we talk about this sexism. Another thing that has been focused on ageism is like the last thing that people are focused in on. And I'm like, your demo, you're completely missing out on where the spending dollars are. Yes. Who is still subscribing to cable? It and it's we start. We're now starting to hear like a lot of female actresses talk about ageism just in Hollywood in oh, general. Oh, sure, sure. Um, and, and it's great that they are because honestly, it's gross. It's like you know, it used to be like forty year olds. Now it's like fifty year olds. But you know, it's a, it's one of those things. It is a privilege to age. You are so lucky if you get to reach 50, 60, 70, 80, especially after the last two years where a lot of people died yeah. because of the pandemic. Yeah. We're very young. And, and I just sit there and think, like, I can't believe that we're sitting there thinking being old is bad. It's just stupid. It's Andy, bad. would you look up and see who holds most? I, I would say it's now basically going to be 45 to 70. The boomer generation definitely holds the wealth just on the way the economy has gone and everything. And then Gen X would probably follow right behind that. But once the boomer generation is gone, it's going to be, I mean, it's going to look a lot different. Uh, Yeah, I don't think there's any question about that. It's just, oh, God. Let's see, 35 to 44, the average net worth is 436,000. Okay. Uh, Ten years later, it's 833,000. Almost double. Ten years later, it is 1.2 million. Almost triple. So It is triple. Yeah. And what's that demo? 55 to 64. 
Fifty-five and sixty-four to seventy. I bet you is sixty-five off. to seventy-four is one point two million. So it actually it only goes up a tiny bit, but it does go up. But it still goes up. But the richest demo mm-hmm. by far is fifty-five to seventy-five. Yeah. Over that, mm-hmm. it starts going down because people retire. Because people retire. But why are you not going after the fifty-five to seventy-five demo? They have all the money. We have all the money. It's mm-hmm. just stupid. And- they're the ones watching the ads because I'm like, I, I'm telling you right now, there's not an 18-year-old that's sitting down watching a commercial right now. Oh, no. God, no. Oh, no, no, <laughs> yeah. no. Average net worth of You're someone right. under 35 is $76,000. That's Ooh. the net worth? The net worth of someone under 35, yeah. So yeah. that 25 well, to 35 is worthless. Worthless. And then, you know, think about it. Think about how many um, student loans a lot of these Well, yeah, that's the thing. Is they're paying, oh, yeah. they're yeah. spending all their money on student loans and rent. Yeah, and so, you know, I know that the whole student loan forgiveness program was, like, so controversial. I'm like, $10,000 for some people that have $100,000 a $100, loan, it's going to be nothing. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And I just was like, if that helps them out a little bit, that's great. I, I just don't, you know, it's just one of those things. Because I'm like, people are not understanding that their student loans, people come out of medical school with hundreds of thousands of dollars. Oh, yeah, 300000 yeah. I think, is the average. Three hundred thousand dollars in debt. Let's see, average Jesus. medical student debt. Uh, oh, it's only two hundred thousand. That, but that's a huge. Can you imagine having two hundred thousand dollars? A lot of money. And then you have a mortgage on top of that. What yeah. if you have credit card debt? I mean, that stresses me out. It makes me want to break out in hives just listening to that. <laughs> yep. Yeah, $200,000. That's a house as well. In some places, it's a house's worth of money. Higher education is so elitist and so expensive. And, yeah, it is. you know, even though college isn't for everyone, we've all been sold this dream of like, you're supposed to go to college and get a degree and like that will make get you a good job and it'll get you a house. And it doesn't necessarily work that way anymore. Because all of a sudden you graduate from college, your dream college with, let's say, $100,000 worth of debt. It's not affordable to buy a house. What do people do? I don't know. I, I'm telling you, I don't know. The other thing about that is, is that that you walk along, and I'm still trying to, and Andy, maybe you can help me a lot with this, because I'm talking about people in their 20s now, basically. Those young kids, I don't know anything about what they're doing. Yeah, I know. 20 to... Are their TikToks and their Instagrams? I don't know. 20 to 29, they will not make eye contact with you. They don't want to say hello. They don't want to even acknowledge that you exist. Because you're an old white man. What happened? They've been taught to hate you. Oh, so they, they hate my guts? Is that it? Because I'm an older white man? I believe so. White men had a great run. It's over. <laughs> oh, well, that's nice, Chris. Boy, look at the time. <laughs> You had a great run. It's our turn. Yeah. Oh, our turn. Is it our turn? No, I don't know no, if white okay. women are uh, going to be spared either. Yeah, probably not. Uh, well, we're all Karens, so. Exactly. There you go. You've already been branded. You got the Scarlet K. Although so, I'm not a Karen, so I know that. I'll be the judge oh, of that. Yeah, you're not, you're, you're not allowed to. It's like saying that you're cool. You're not allowed to do other people have to call you cool. Exactly. Way to go, Kristen. Well, well I'm not the one, I, and I, I will be very honest, even if I'm having a terrible customer service experience, I am not the one to blame it on the minimum oh, wage yeah, I worker. never do that. I keep it calm. Right. I go, I know this is not you. How can we fix this? And mm-hmm. you know what? See, the thing is, if you don't get mad and you're calm and you're kind about it, you get solutions so quickly 
or you get a phone call and it gets taken up the chain and it gets resolved very, very fast and probably in way better ways than you ever expected. I've had that. I've gotten upgraded on planes because of it. I've gotten hotel, really nice hotel suites because of it. Cause you're just nice and you smile and you're like, I totally get it. I was like, we all have days like this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so you have to fake being nice. Is that what you do? Is that no, what you're saying? I don't. I, because you know what? I've worked in customer service jobs and they're so hard. <laughs> and people are so mean and why I try to approach it from a, a place of empathy and it gets you really far. I don't understand why people are so mean right now. I, I don't get it. Why are people so mean right now? I think I'm not saying, I just think life is really tough. I think that the pandemic lockdown wasn't great yeah, for a lot that's of true. mental Good health. Point. Good I point. think that we now have a political scene that is just vicious and gross. And now people think that they can say whatever the heck they want. And I get it, you know, free speech. Yeah, you can say whatever you want, but why are you doing it to other people and cutting them down? Do you know what I'm saying? It's yeah. not like you're at home like, talking with your spouse and we're like, blah, 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 blah. It's just, it's the negativity. It's the rudeness. Um, and, you know, money's tight for so many people. Inflation has got people going crazy. Yeah. Gas yeah. prices. There's a lot. There's so much going on. And um, I don't know. <laughs> they're, they're acting out in ways. I just feel like 10 years from now when we're hopefully away from this pandemic, we will see the true effects of what happened. That would be nice. There's no question about it. Oh, I need you to do me a favor. You have my email address, right? I don't think so. I have your – but I can text you and get – yeah, you can text. Right? Okay, yeah, I can do that. Would you? Would you? When you get, when you get, or you can just text it over. Actually, you don't need to even email me. Just text it over. Uh -huh. What is your Monday through Friday early morning? Out? Do you really get up at five o'clock in the morning? Is that true? I do. I do. Why I'm, do you get up so early? I was out. Um, I am. A, I'm one of those really obnoxious morning, early morning risers. It's genetic. My dad does it. My grandmother did it, so I know who I inherited it from. I mean, I was out last night. I went to Dancing with the Stars last night, and then I went out with some of the cast members. Mm -hmm. I, like, rolled in at 1230. I was still up at 5, yeah. got up, worked out. Here I am. It's just, But I don't, I don't sleep in because of that. I'll take a nap probably this afternoon to, like, compensate. However, um, that's the way this all rolls. <laughs> well, I got to find out ride. when you're available after 5 a.m. your time. Uh, in okay. the future. I just want to know when you're available. Just let me know. Think it over uh, so it wouldn't be a stressful deal or whatever. I just, because I want to have fun and all the rest of it. But yeah, if you could do that, just text me over your availability after 5 a.m. California time, Monday through Friday. Monday through Friday. <laughs> yes. I needed all the information. Oh, that's a lot of information. That's literally, I know what I'm already going to say. <laughs> none, of, none of my business. That's what you're going to say? No, I'm going to say I'm flexible. <laughs> uh, well, yes, I'm flexible. So you didn't, yeah, there you go. All right, because, yeah, I'm just uh, I'm starting to put together my future here and what I'm going to do and all the rest of it. And you know what how I'm saying. How are you feeling in the countdown? Like, how, honestly, like, do you feel a little emotional or do you feel, like, really good about it or a little bit of both? Well, I'm trying to be very honest about this because, yes, I mean, I've, I've been there for almost 37 years. It was the highest rated station uh, morning show in America for mm -hmm. decades. Uh, but now I'm really glad. I do not like the company I'm working for now, and it's time for me to get away from them. I, they're not my kind of people at all. 
Mm-hmm. You know, might be other 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 people might like them. They're just not my kind of people at all. It's uh, you know, I be I will be. It's hard hard to say it this way, but I will miss it. But I will be glad when it's over. Does that make yeah, sense? That, that totally makes sense. And you know, when things, I always find, and I think we've all been at a job where you you've had the time of your life. Yep. And then new management comes in, or there's like some staff shifts that change the dynamic of the team or the feeling or the morale yes. and you realize that it's actually best to move forward and move on and then just really cherish those memories that you had of when it was good because yep. I, you know when it's good, you know when you're working with a good team and you know when you're super happy and you always want to be able to recreate that at the next place. You always want to do that and that's why, you know, to tell you the truth, I just want to work with, with people I already know and people that are friends of mine and my family and we're going to continue this on. Uh, I, I just want to have some fun and I just don't need anybody being a pain in the ass. I really don't need it. The one thing I will tell you, and it's across the board, not everywhere, but I would say 90% of businesses in America, all they do is lie now. They will lie their ass off to make as much money as they possibly can. I find that disgusting. Well, there's, you know, if you talk to some economists, they're saying, you know, inflation is not as bad as it is. The companies are making inflation bad to for record profits. Yeah, see, this is what I'm saying. I went yeah. yesterday, or not yesterday, two days ago, and I bought a six-pack of Wild Cherry Diet Pepsi. Mm-hmm. I bought a thing of chicken wings. They're, you know, not a big thing, a little thing of chicken wings. And I bought some almonds, and it was $33. Exactly. $33? I mean, ask God, Kristen. I yeah, when you think about what $50 bought you even two years oh, ago. Oh, yeah, yeah. And now, and it, yeah, what like $50 would buy you, let's say, 15 items. Mm-hmm. It's buying you, what, five? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. And if you are someone who has a large family who is already struggling to make ends meet, that's going to be really scary because feeding your family, especially when you have little ones, I mean, that is a top priority, of course. And to think that your budget is stretched that much. I mean, again, it's, I just have a lot of empathy for what people are going through. I understand. Look at this. Another show shot in the ass. (laughs) What do you think? Yes. I love it. All right, my dear. We'll talk to you next week. But send me that email if you would. Or not email. I mean text. text message. I'm going to text you. I'm going to text you right now. All right. Sounds <laughs> good. Thank you, dear. All right. Thanks. Talk to you later. Chris and Bert, ladies and gentlemen, we'll talk to you tomorrow with the family.